Welcome to Your Leadership Matters by Audgers Bernson, a series diving into pivotal career moments and high-stakes decisions. Each episode, one of Canada's top business leaders will share personal reflections about critical moments in their career. AGF Management is an independent and globally diverse asset management firm co-founded by your father and mentor, Warren Goldring, an inductee of the Investment Industry Hall of Fame. Prior to being named President and Head of Global Distribution at AGF, you served as Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer. You've held several roles at AGF, including working in the mailroom as a teenager and made strategic choices in determining where you could add value to the firm. After spending several years as a lawyer in private practice, you joined AGF as general counsel in 2009. So Judy, welcome this afternoon. Thank you, Ben. The first question would be, when you look back on your career, was there a moment that stands out as particularly defining? Well, as we all look back on our different career elements, um, I think, you know, I can pick out a couple of different ones, but certainly um, when I received a phone call, I was about seven years into private practice. I remember distinctly where I was. I was in a hotel in Windsor at a conference trying to pitch for new clients. And I got a phone call from my brother saying that the executive team had considered uh, the need for in-house counsel at AGF. And this was a new position. They had never had in-house counsel. And I kind of questioned why and what kind of lawyer were they looking for. And he just said, I think you should apply for this role. And it was really in that moment that I thought, okay, this is my chance. If I really want to come to work at AGF, this would be the moment. You know, that's it's an interesting inflection point in your life, right? And and when you look back, what what other motivations or what motivated you to make that decision and kind of assume that course of action? Yeah, it was interesting because I had earlier, um, about four years earlier, gone to my father to say, um, is there a chance I would ever have an opportunity to work at AGF? And he had said, unlikely, because having in-house counsel from a corporate perspective was far too expensive. And from an expense line item, they did not want to incur that. So I really had pivoted my career to very much focus on private practice. I changed my area of focus in my um, practice, uh, joined a new firm, and had gone down a completely different path. And so the opportunity, uh, when it surfaced, to be honest, I really probably didn't hesitate. And the reason why was I'd always wanted to join. I had always envisioned myself at AGF. Um, I was incredibly proud about the opportunity and the potential to, to join. And so when the opportunity did surface, I thought, well, it's a little strange. And I, you know, how do I maneuver and change course of action? Um, but I did. And I had to go into the managing partner at the firm I was at and explain uh, the opportunity to which he said, are you crazy? Do you know you're going to be working with family? <laughs> and I said, yes, but I really, probably best that I didn't think too much about it. <laughs> well, you know, and, and it's interesting when you when you reflect back, because again, it's a big point of decision. How did your decision pay off or, or did it not? I'm assuming it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've had a very robust, dynamic, fascinating and great career. So it ended up being the right decision, but you are right. Uh, there were moments, particularly when this managing partner said to me, and he'd come from 
an in-house position where it was a family-run business and it had blown up because the family members did not work well together. And so there was a risk there that I probably didn't process enough. Uh, I guess I also had quite a degree of confidence in my relationship with my father and my brother. And I um, was very much uh, sort of attached to the objectives of AGF and I was very much wanting to be to be there. Uh, and so I think I just jumped in with two feet. And so from my perspective, it has been a decision that did pay off in the process making, the decision making process, probably didn't think enough about the risks. And I would certainly advocate probably uh, to others in that same position to think a bit more. Um, but it uh, has worked out extremely well for me. It's good when you can reflect back and go, you know what, I made the right decision at the right juncture in time. You you talked about family business and and you know, family businesses can often have their own set of challenges to navigate. You know, as the daughter of the co-founder at AGF, and you mentioned, you know, you've worked with your brother in his post as CEO. Did you ever feel that there was a time when your personal relationships made making a high stakes decision more challenging or more difficult? Well, I think you know, the the element of the personal decision, or sorry, I should say the personal relationships, that was a dynamic uh, in our family. And interestingly, I'm one of five kids um, and only two of us are in the business. And most of the employees at our company would think that Blake and I are the only two people in our family. And, uh, and maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing. The reality is my dad was very clear on what he wanted for the company in terms of succession very clear around where the vote should land and, and always wanted a single decision maker because he believes that you need to have that certainty of decision. Um, and I've certainly respected that the entire time as well. And I think where we looked at the personal relationship part, you know, family dinners would often sometimes get sort of sidetracked where myself, Blake, and my dad would go off to the corner at a Thanksgiving dinner, much to the chagrin and anger of our other family members. But, you know, business is business and you just you know, if the situation was there, you needed to deal with it. And so we had to manage that quite carefully. Uh, when it comes to other high stake decisions, you know, when you're making decisions, for example, on acquisitions, or you're really putting the company into some level of financial, um, I won't call it strain, but, you know, you're testing it and you're putting in some tension on the financial elements of the business because you're going out for a large acquisition. It, it can, it's very disturbing because you're making these high stake decisions and you're realizing it's just not my personal wealth. And these decisions that are being impacted is all the employees and the people that you so closely work with and more broadly, your immediate family. And so you're very tied up, very tied tightly to uh, each other and you need to really rely on each other. A question that would just pop into my mind is, you know, in addition to your brother and his post as CEO and your dad, did your other family members support your decision to join the organization? Yeah, I mean, they're not involved in the business and never had any interest in it. Um, and so it was not their decision to really make. Um, there were times, I can tell you, at those Thanksgiving dinners or the holiday dinners that they were not happy that all of us were working on a particular business issue. But again, th that's just the way it works. And um, our view has always been, you know, you're committed to the business, you're going to be in the business, and it is what it is. Yeah, no, that, that's a fair point, right? Now, taking it the next generation, you're the proud mother of two daughters. Yes. And when you reflect on the work environment that they'll be entering, how is it different from the business world that you entered? 
Yeah, that's a great question because I've had, obviously, uh, I've been a mentor to many different uh, leaders in, in business. I've uh, been participating in women uh, in business and different groups and organizations for many, many years with a sole focus to see more women, particularly in the financial services business. Um, it still amazes me as a, an industry, just how few financial advisors there are, how few portfolio managers there are. We need to get more women into this industry because I think it's a great industry. And when I started out, I remember asking my father, because you pointed out I started here when I was 15, working in the mailroom, literally stuffing envelopes because they didn't have machines back then. So I'm totally dating myself. Um, but it was a great way to really understand some really basic parts of, of any company. Um, and I remember coming up the elevator with him that one summer. And I said to him, Dad, do you think I could ever work here at AGF? And he said, well, sure, but you're going to have to work twice as hard as the man beside you. And that was the reality in the late 80s for women. You know, we had to prove ourselves. We had to, I always joke, you know, you had to put on the skinny tie and the, the shoulder pads and the jackets and the clothes that were not really designed for business for women. But uh, we had very little choice and you had to kind of look the part and fit in and, and work really hard. Um, I do think that message is different. I can't imagine saying that same kind of quote to my daughters today. I do think we have made progress, which is encouraging. It feels incredibly slow many times. But uh, that progress is happening, and it's just great for me to feel that as two young women, my daughters coming up into the workplace eventually, uh, that they will have, I think, a fairly fa fair shake at it. And uh, we all have to work hard. We all have to prove ourselves. We all have to be committed. But if you demonstrate that, I think they have a good shot at uh, uh, doing well. Well, you know, it, again, it precipitates another discussion or a couple of questions. What do you think it's going to take to get more women to realize the full potential of this great career path in financial services. And then the second question to that would be, have you entertained or would you be open to entertaining either one of your daughters or both your daughters coming into the family business? Well, I'll just start with the latter. I mean, my my young, my eldest daughter actually worked at the company. She's only 17. She was there for seven weeks this summer. So that was kind of fun. And my niece on my, my uh, brother's side is actually in the business. She's a CFA. Um, but you know, you never know. I mean, you can't um, you can't anticipate or, or, or really plan these things. Um, in terms of just getting women in the business, though, uh, and just generally speaking in the financial services industry, I do think there's an education. I often joke it's not like people wake up and graduate from university and say, "I want to be a wholesaler selling AGF mutual funds to advisors." We're very fortunate. We've got uh, a couple of really strong women in that space. It's just not a normal uh, area that people would necessarily learn about. Uh, similarly, portfolio management. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. We have a very, very strong emerging markets portfolio manager. And when she tells her story, she wakes up every morning at 4.30 in the morning. And it's a hard sell. You know, people these days are thinking, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to be doing that to achieve my objectives. And yet, if we can entice them and educate uh, women around the opportunities and the variety of opportunities and the opportunity for growth, um, I'm hoping that we can get more more into this business for sure. Yeah, there's huge potential. Those are really, really important thoughts. Thank you for sharing. You were fortunate enough to work with your dad, um, Warren Goldring, who was, uh, you know, I know of him and, and remarkable leader and certainly a pioneer who helped shape the investment industry in Canada. You know, what leadership lessons did you learn from him? And how have they helped shape your leadership style? Well, he was a man who was uh, 
compared to me, <laughs> fewer words. He didn't say a whole lot. He was much more quiet. Um, he was a man of high, high integrity, and that is something for sure. Um, I, I, I witnessed, I watched, um, and I really do everything I can to espouse that and live by that. Um, he was a man who gave back. He was very much a person who made time for anybody who walked through the door who just wanted to learn about the business or get career advice or just have a conversation with a senior leader, and he always made time available. So again, I've tried to adopt that. Um, in other words, a, a doors open kind of policy. Um, from a leadership perspective, as I said, he was a, he was a firm, fair, um, more quiet, very good listener, and uh, very innovative in his thought process. He was a thinker, and uh, I certainly admire all of those qualities, and I do what I can to, to pull out um, all of those skill sets where I can, and I've tried my best to learn many of those skills uh, and really adapt to them in my leadership style with people. It's interesting, and, and, and I do believe that's how you, you kind of lead from a, your broader leadership style. Do you think that the values that the organization currently holds do they go back and reflect a lot of those values that your dad probably imparted to the organization, but also to you and your family? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, we try to live by the values that, of course, Warren and his co-founder started the company with. Um, the values, I think, make up the essence of a culture. And then the culture is where you can really extract uh, great leadership, great team environment, collaborative, a cohesive group of people that are all driving for the same goal, which in this case at AGF you know, is working to make sure we can um, serve people's retirement and help them grow financial wealth. And so it's it's important to start with really strong values. And that's something definitely that came from my father. That's great. And and thank you. And, and one of the final questions would be, you know, you're currently the president and, and the head of global distribution at AGF. Do you ever reflect back and still wish you were in the mailroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, when I started as general counsel, um, I can tell you uh, that was an interesting change because you go from billing your hours, 2,000 hours a year. And the funniest story I can still remember was coming in my very first day and a senior, the CIO at the time said to me, okay, we have this uh, particular business offshore. We need to wind it up. It's in Guernsey. And I had no clue what he was talking about. And I just calmly said, okay, can I get back to you tomorrow on this? And he said, oh, take your time. We've been dealing with this for five years. <laughs> and I suddenly appreciated the difference between being a service provider and being in-house counsel. And it was, it was, a, it was an important lesson to learn day one. <laughs> uh, that's a big shift, right? Yes. That, that has probably served you very well. Well, you realize companies work at a different pace, for sure. And lots of things are going on, and you have to make sure you prioritize appropriately. Yeah, and you probably miss the internal docketing Yes, time. I really <laughs> miss that, <laughs> just like you do. <laughs> Not so much. Um, Judy, thank you very much this afternoon. We really appreciate the time and um, sharing your journey with us. It's uh, it, it, very important to share it but also very enlightening. So we really appreciate it. Well, I thank you for your leadership and your firm's leadership on at, at bringing these issues forward and having an opportunity to give me the opportunity to talk about it. It's been great. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Your Leadership Matters is brought to you by Odgers Bernson Canada, a premier integrated leadership advisory firm working to place and develop great leaders. You can find this and other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.